The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is the Disability Law Show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You're going to... Wait, 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 wait. It's Friday. It's 630. What are you guys doing here? Disability Law Show. New time, more excitement. Here is the deal. Fridays at 6.30 to 7. You can have your say. Savannah Tamarkin here, of course, hosting the show. Disability Law is what it is all about. If you're dealing with an insurance company, if you've been asked to appeal, if you've been denied, you've been cut off your benefits... For years, we've been talking to you on this show about how to deal that, how to navigate those issues. It really isn't an issue if you've got the right team in your corner, Savannah and his team. Sanfiru Tamarkin, co-founding partner, can be reached anytime, 1-855-821-5900. A massive team ready to tackle any of your problems. By the way, the other half of the hallway is the employment law side, which we've done Monday to Thursday at this time as well, as you've already heard this week. So they work together in simpatico because there's so much crossover between the two. Either way. You're in good hands to reach out. Emails anytime, help at disabilityrights.ca. There's yet another avenue for you to use if you have questions for Savannah and his team. That is mydisabilityquestions.com. It's free. It's anonymous. It's searchable. So your question may have been asked previously, which will save you some time. If not, use it anytime. My disabilityquestions.com but we are here for the next 30 minutes and uh, strap in you're going to learn a lot and we're going to be doing this every Friday at this time as well Savannah how are you doing pal what's going on I'm doing well John uh, it's been very very busy very happy uh, you know that we get to speak to, uh, to a lot of folks now uh, and you're right I mean you know we work together in tandem with uh, the employment lawyers at our firm Lior and I the rest of the team uh, and we have offices uh, in Ontario, in BC, in Alberta. And that's what we do. We give information out. And, and the purpose of this show, as you've outlined, is to educate the public, people out there, about their rights as it relates to long-term disability. That's the key thing here. That's what we do. My team at the firm, we focus and we specialize in the area of long-term disability law. And many of our lawyers used to work for insurance companies in the past, some of the major insurers. In fact, I used to work for a law firm uh, they used to defend insurance companies. And for many, many years now, all I do is now protect individuals and, yeah. you know, try to help them navigate the intricacies of a long-term disability denial. Or if you are in long-term disability and you're told by your insurance company that you're going to be cut off uh, or, or told to do certain things you don't want to do, what are your rights? How do we empower you? That's the purpose of the show, John. Again, reaching out anytime, 1-855-821-5900. we got a million emails we can get through. Savannah, if you got a topic you want to uh, tackle first, we can do that. It's your call, brother. There's a ton of things, and you know what? Yeah. That uh, website, mydisabilityquestions.com, we get a ton of questions posted there. Uh, this is a, a free website for anyone out there. Uh, post your question, you'll get answers for free from one of our lawyers, myself included. Uh, so let's just go to that, John, because we have a ton of those to go through. And that's exactly where I am, mydisabilityquestions.com. First one for uh, the show tonight comes from Muriel. She says, hey, Savan, do I have to go to the therapy that my insurance company wants to send me to, or can I stay with my medical therapy and specialists? Great question. Great question. Very common question that we get. So here's the context. 
in many cases, when somebody is on long-term disability or applies for long-term disability, they're doing that because they have an illness or an injury or a combination of both that prevents them from working. And so what they do is they apply for long-term disability. Either they have a private policy right. or they have a policy through their work group benefits. Irrespective of that, many insurance companies then uh, you know, assign an adjuster, a claims manager to the claim, and they tell the person okay, that's fine. We accept the fact that you are disabled from working for the time being. We want you to go and, and get treatments from a particular clinic or a particular doctor. And so people then come to us and say, well, do I have to do that? Or can I go to someone that I'm already seeing? Let's say there's a psychologist that I'm seeing. Do I, you know, can I continue going to the psychologist I've been seeing for the last year? Or do I have to go to the person or the clinic the insurance company is sending me to? And, and here's the answer. The answer is, it comes down to what your long-term disability policy says. Because remember that the, the relationship between you and the insurance company is a contractual one. And I can tell you, John, that I have never seen a long-term disability policy that contains a provision that says that you must go to the clinic that the insurance company is telling you to go to. If there was a provision like that, then arguably, they'd be able to force you to go there. But Generally speaking, the provisions that these policies have simply state that you must engage or uh, uh, do reasonable treatments, which, which makes sense, right? I mean, you have to have, uh, uh, there's an obligation on you to try and get better. But as long as you're doing that, as long as you're going to a clinic, as long as you're going to your doctor for a recommendation of which physiotherapist to go to or which psychologist to go through or whoever else that is you know, a healthcare provider to go to, and you're satisfied with them and they're helping you, that's what you got to do. You don't have to go to the clinic that the insurance company is telling you you must go to. And, you know, an analogy here, John, is my father was in a, uh, a small car accident a few months back. Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't injured. Everything was okay. But the insurance company wanted him to go to a specific uh, uh, body shop to repair yeah. his vehicle. And I'm always skeptical about that. I'm not saying these, these body shops the insurance company sends you to are bad. But you got to think to yourself, why is the insurance company telling you to go to that specific body shop? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's because they have a relationship with that body shop. Maybe that body shop will not do everything it's supposed to. I don't know. I can tell you that I've had situations where people have gone to clinics and doctors and therapists that the insurance company had sent them only to find that the allegiance and the loyalty of these therapists and clinics is not to the person themselves, not yeah. to get them better, but to report back to the insurance company a few months later that this person is actually ready to go back to work when in fact they're not. So that's my concern about the situation. So the answer is, it has to do with what your policy says. And if your insurance company says, you must go to that clinic, you must go see that specialist, you turn back to your uh, insurance adjuster and you say, well, show me where in my policy it says I must go to that specific clinic. Because I can bet you that most of these policies do not have a provision like that. And in fact, all they say is you must undergo reasonable treatments to be eligible for those benefits. And as long as you're getting reasonable treatments, as long as you're following your doctor's recommendations and you're consistent, well, then that should suffice and the insurance company should stop pressuring you. And as you say, just to clear it up and, and you know, draw the line in the sand, it's different when they say you have to go see so-and-so for an assessment for their purpose. Yes. That's different, right? Yes. Yeah. That's very, very different. And it's very un important to understand that because just like the insurance company doesn't have a right generally speaking, to send you to a specific clinic or treatment provider for, for treatments, they do have under those policies of insurance, virtually every policy I've ever seen contains a provision that says that if the insurance company wants to have you assessed, 
by one of their treatment providers, by a consultant, by a doctor, whoever it is, they have a right to have you assessed by that person. Not get treated, but get assessed. Now, here's the thing. When the insurance company says to you, hey, John, you know, you've been suffering from depression for the last X amount of months or years. We know you're getting treated by a psychologist or a psychiatrist or someone else. But you know what? We want you to go see one of our psychologists, one of our experts. Right. And, and you have to go to that person. But what you should be aware of is that the reason why the insurance company is doing that, there could be a variety of reasons, but the most common reason that we see is that the insurance company is looking for justification, a pretext, to cut you off LTD. And that happens time and time again, where you're getting treated by a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or whoever else is treating you for whatever you have that's disabling you from working. And they're saying, you cannot go to work yet, you're not ready. And then you go to an assessment, to an assessor that is chosen by the insurance company and is paid for by the insurance company. And that assessor assesses you and then uh, sends out a report to the insurance adjuster saying, we disagree with the treating doctors. We think this person is ready to go back to work. They're not as disabled as they say they are. And again, there are ways to deal with this. Trust me, this is very common. I don't want people to feel like it's the end of the world. It's not. This is a common tactic insurance companies use to try and get you off claim. And there are ways to fight against that. And John, I want to take the opportunity to say that there is another free website that we have, which I urge people to visit, called uh, LTDFAQ, FrequentlyAskedQuestions.ca, LTDFAQ.ca. And you will see there short memos that we had prepared on these topics no legalese in there. This is specifically for people out there so that they can understand what their rights are and understand what they can do. And there's a topic about these assessments. There's a topic about appeals. There's a topic about returning back to work, all that kind of stuff, all these kind of questions we're going to go through. You can get that information there or you can contact us directly. I should also mention, John, and I know you're going to say this, it costs nothing to talk to any of our lawyers, any of our paralegals at any point. Okay, we will give you this information for free. You have a question, you email us, you call us. We want to engage with the public. We want to make sure the public is educated and empowered and and that people out there understand that even though these insurance companies are billion-dollar entities, they are not as powerful as you think they are. It's it's all a mirage. They want you to think you have no power as a person, as an individual, but that's not the case. The reality is you have a lot of power. That power is derived from the law, and the law of long-term disability in Canada protects you. You need to know that. And again, reaching out uh, anytime, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. That email address, help at disabilityrights.ca. And yeah, like Savannah mentioned, we get so much content and great questions from mydisabilityquestions.com. I know we got a break in about a minute and a half, two minutes here, Savannah, but it, it, it always... I always laugh, not laugh, but I always wonder when the, you know, the insurance company says, you know, we got to send you for our assessment. You'll go see a doctor or a consultant, quote unquote, sees you one time, maybe just on paper, and that's what they make their decision on. Meanwhile, you may have had a medical team who knows every bone in your body for the last two years. I mean, I don't know how they're going to even combat that or think it's going to hold water. Well, that's the only tool they have when it comes to countering your doctors. You're absolutely right, John, but it's something that's yeah. common, and they do. By the way, when I worked for insurance companies, I also saw, you know, asked people to go be seen by doctors I chose, and I chose those doctors for the insurance company because I knew that those doctors would most likely provide an opinion that is favorable to my client, the insurance company. And that's mm-hmm. the key here now. The key is that we, on my team, the lawyers on my team, we understand the process. We, we can call the insurance company's bluffs. Incidentally, John, 
You know what these assessments are called? It's laughable. They're called independent yeah. medical assessments. There's nothing independent about them because the insurance company handpicks the assessor and they pay the assessor specifically for the assessment. By the way, sometimes the assessor doesn't even see the individual. Sometimes it's a paper review where the adjuster right. just gives the medical file and the person never even sees the, you know, seen, uh, sees the, 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 the claimant. So yeah. it's important to understand there are ways to combat that. There are ways to push back. And that's what we're here for. Like I said, that's what we do day in, day in. We fight these insurance companies and we force them to pay what they owe these individuals. Lots more coming up. Take a short break here. one 821 5900 Anytime help at disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue. This is the Disability Law Show. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Disability Law Show. Welcome back, Disability Law Show. New time, new day. Loving it. 6.30 to 7 Friday nights right here. You can catch us. Savan talking about uh, all the things under the umbrella of disability law, whether it concerns you, a friend, or a family member. You've been cut off. You're dealing with an insurance company. They won't put you on. They're asking you to appeal. There's so many things. That will give you headaches, and they can be solved by just simply getting a hold of Savan and his crew. By the way, co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. How about that? one 821 5900 is how you do it through the phone. Help at disabilityrights.ca and the website for questions, which is free, anonymous, mydisabilityquestions.com. But we're going to bounce over to another email. Uh, Savan from Bev writes in, says, hello, and thank you for your time. I'm almost 62 and have been uh, off on long-term disability from my employer for 23 years now. I'm still taking a major medication, chronic depression, uh, for it now, but I'm legally blind due to glaucoma. There's no way I could do my line of work, which is basically administrative, non-union. At this point in life, this, uh, this close to retirement age, do I still have to keep filling out the annual forms required for LTD, or can I make a claim that I will never work again as my blindness progresses to full-fledged blindness? I've often wondered whether I should have suggested a payout as opposed to monthly payments. I started working there when I was 19 and never worked for another company, which in this case is the uh, province of BC. What do you think? Wow. Well, yeah, it's an interesting case uh, study here. And Bev, the answer is this. If you've been on LTD uh, for over two decades now, yeah. uh, the reality, and you're close to retirement, I mean, the insurance company knows, they understand that you are going to continue getting LTD until the cutoff point, which under most policies is age 65. Uh, and, but the question is, do you still have to keep filling out the annual forms required for LTD? The answer is yes, you absolutely do. Unless the insurance company says you don't have to. And the reason is because you have an obligation, again, under your LTD policy to continue providing those updates and provide information and answers as the LTD adjuster uh, insurer is asking you to. That's part of your obligation. Remember, 
your, your relationship when it comes to long-term disability is a contractual one. I like with an injury, John, where you have an accident. Mm-hmm. If you go after whoever caused the accident, uh, in, in Canadian law, under Canadian law, you basically go after them under uh, the, the, the principle of negligence because they negligently caused you injury. With right. long-term disability, it's a contractual uh, cause of action. And so that's really important to understand here. It means that there is a contract, there are obligations. Now, Bev is, is saying here at the end, I've also wondered often whether I should have suggested a payout as opposed to monthly payments. So again, the reason she's asking or she's saying this, contemplating this, is because in LTD, unlike with personal injury, uh, the insurance company is paying you on a monthly basis. It's essentially a contract for income replacement. They're replacing right. a portion of your income, typically 65 to 70%, sometimes less, sometimes more, of your pre-disability income. Now, this is a common question I often get as well, where somebody's on LTD for a while, sometimes a while, sometimes not a while, but, you know, very kind of sheepishly, they say to me, well, okay, if I'm going to be on this LTD for a long time, why can't I just go to the insurance company and say, just pay me out? Especially here with Bev. She's been on this for 23 years. She's 62. Why wouldn't the insurance company just simply pay her out, give her the full amount of money she would be owed until age 65? She's clearly not going back to work. They can do that. And in fact, insurance companies, there's one in particular that we deal with that oftentimes makes lump sum settlement offers. What they do is they calculate how much money they would have to pay you until you exhaust the policy. They put on it, they apply a significant discount and say, take it or leave it. You know, we'll pay you for the next three, four, five years worth of benefits. Do you want it? Great. You don't want it? Okay, we'll continue paying you. That's very different than a person who's an LTD approaching the insurance company out of their own volition and asking for a payout. And here's why I don't recommend that except for the most uh, rare, rarest of cases. And I've seen one or two maybe in my career where I told somebody, yeah, we can perhaps approach the insurance company and ask for a lump sum payment. Generally, I say do not do that. And here's the reason why. Think about this. If you're the insurance company, you're paying out this person, whether they're 50 years old or 30 years old or 62, and you're telling the insurance company, uh, you know, why, why do you keep paying me monthly? Why don't you just pay me for the entirety of the policy? I'll even give you a discount. If you're the insurance company, no matter what you know about this claim, your first thought is, why is this person asking us for a payout into the future? Do they have a job lined up? Right. Perhaps do they have a, you know some money that's coming in? Are, are they expecting to get better? There is a miraculous cure or treatment that they've undergone. What happens is the insurance company starts red flagging your claim. And they're going to look at it with a microscope to zoom in, to try to understand why you're asking them. And, and listen, John, when people ask me, uh, can I approach the insurance company for a lump sum payment? Oftentimes, it's honestly, like this is, it, there's nothing behind it. They're not looking to go back to work in the next little while. It's just that they think that it makes no sense for the insurance company to pay them along the way. Maybe there is a deal that can be had where they give the insurance company a discount, i.e. don't pay me until age 65, pay mm-hmm. me something smaller, uh, but I get the money now. And I've had one case with a lady who was in a very bad state. She, has, she had a very, very uh, um, uh, um, difficult illness. And her medications were just insane. I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars yeah, monthly. Brutal. And she was actually a young lawyer. That's one of those rare cases where we crafted a very comprehensive letter to the insurance company and explained the logic of her asking for that lump sum payment because she needs the money to pay for those medications. She wasn't covered anywhere. And so that's a bit different, right? But again, you got to be very careful. 
So I, I you know, I, I don't want to spend the whole show here on this, but my point is this: you need to understand how the insurance company is thinking. You need to understand that what you say or don't say can and will be used against you. Okay, <laughs> to, 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 to use a common phrase from TV. Uh, and, and if you have these kinds of questions before you send them off to the insurance company, send them to us or go to mydisabilityquestions.com and just post your, your question and we'll answer it. Uh, so it, very, very important here. So for Bev, John, just to circle back to her question, she's 62 years old. Yes, Bev, you have to continue filling out those forms for the LTD, LTD adjuster un unless you've talked to them and they don't need it. They've indicated that it's okay. They understand you're not going to, your condition will not change. Uh, and with respect to the lump sum payment, it is what it is. I mean, for 23 years, you've been getting ongoing payments. I don't think that's going to change now with the insurance company. Uh, so the reality is you're probably going to get paid out until the end of your policy. It could be attractive, though, for somebody who's not in the know. I mean, you know, an insurance company approaches you if you've got, you know, 15 years of benefits. If you do the long math, you'll, you'll see that could be potentially a lot of money. But if they come and say, hey, we'll give you $75,000, boom, one check, and away you go. A lot of people sure. are going to jump at that, man. 100%. And what I tell people is, it, it, this is a very rough way of looking at it. You did the exact correct math, John. I, I'll give you an example. I had a gentleman actually just a couple weeks ago uh, email me and say, listen, I'm with this insurance company, one of those large insurers. He says, I'm 50 years old. And I think his LTD amount that he was getting was it, 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 it was equated to about $30,000 a year worth of LTD. Wow. Okay. So he's 50 years old. His, his uh, uh, illness is likely going to carry through until whenever, right? He's not going to go back to work. He's got 15 years more on the policy. So do the math. I mean, uh, uh, 15 years, 15 years times $30,000 is is a lot of money. I'm just going to do the math mm -hmm. right now just because I'm not the best with math. And I'll tell you, that's $450,000. Wow. Well, the insurance yeah. company was offering him 125000 That seems nice policy. though. It but, seems yeah. nice. You're right. But, but he's foregoing about, what, two thirds or three quarters yeah. of the rest of his policy? And the reality is he's not going to go back to work because of the type of illness he's, he has. So I told him, listen, I said, it's your choice. Uh, and then some people ask me, well, can I negotiate with the insurance company? You can try, but I can tell you that it's never worked when anyone that I have spoken to about this situation have tried to negotiate. It hasn't even worked when I try to negotiate because the insurance company simply says, if you don't accept it, that's fine. We'll keep you on claim. We're not going to cut you off. So, you know, they, listen, they have their own algorithms. They look at this in their own way. And, and you just need to understand that if they are offering you a lump sum payment, you are potentially foregoing a ton of money that potentially you'd be able to get if you stayed on the policy and you continued being disabled yeah. for the long term. So just make sure you do the math. Last couple minutes here. We'll try to get to a quick question here. This one, uh, again, the email is help at disabilityrights.ca and uh, comes from Marnie. Simply says, can I get long-term disability if you have depression? 100% yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But depression is not the qualification. The qualification is that you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation. So, John, let's just back off for a second here. Let's assume that we have listeners who've never heard this topic before. They don't really understand how long-term disability works. So again, long-term disability okay, that we're talking about, we're not talking about workers' compensation. I'm not talking about Ontario Disability Program. We're not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about LTD through a private insurance company, either that you purchase yourself or that you have through group benefits through work. Most of these policies operate this way. For the first two years, uh, if you cannot perform the essential tasks of your own occupation because of depression or anxiety or a phobia or an injury or some illness, any one of the above, well, then you should qualify for LTD. 
And if you get rejected, you should contact us immediately and we will help you. Beyond the two-year mark, the test changes. It's no longer your own occupation. Now the test is, can you do the essential tasks of any occupation for which you are trained for or you have right. experience or education in? And typically what we say is that if you can earn about 65% of your predisability income at the two-year mark, then the insurance company may be correct in ending your benefits. But typically, I can tell you, John, most people who come to us for depression or any psychological illness uh, or, or issue, mental health issues, generally that two-year mark is just a, uh, a, a very blurry line in the sand. It means nothing. Because if you're depressed and can't do your own occupation, chances are mm -hmm. you're too depressed to do any other occupation for what you're trained for. Yeah. So the reality is if you are declined, because of any reason by your LTD insurer, you should be contacting us and we will tell you what your options are and we'll tell you if you have a case for free. Marnie, Marnie, appreciate you reaching out. Fantastic stuff. And that'll just about wrap it up for us on this show. Again, new time disability law show Fridays at 630. We are loving it. How do you reach out now to Savannah and his team if you want to have a conversation? Easy. 1-855-821-5900. Help at disabilityrights.ca. And finally, once again, mydisabilityquestions.com. We'll catch you next time. Disability Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.